Welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running and today we are avoiding running by avoiding Storm Kira, aren't we? Yes, we are. Unless you're doing the Cardiff to Brecon Ultra and any other races this weekend, but I suppose especially if you're doing an ultra marathon, you've got to be out on it all day. Do let us know on social media if you've had to run some awful race in this weather and how that went down. Bang, we're getting a call to action in there nice and early. I like to hear that. Yep, <laughs> straight away. And I, I just, you know, I take pleasure in other people's pain, so I want to know how awful it was while I sit here nice and warm. Yeah, if you've done yeah. a race this weekend and it was fine, if the weather wasn't too bad, we don't want to know. We're not interested. No, no. We want to know if it was terrible. We want to know about you being hit in the face by branches. Um, we want to know about you being pushed off a path. If you fall into a river, that'd be terrific. Yeah, yeah there's some ultras going on today. But I know there was a, a race in Llanethly that was cancelled on Tuesday. They were getting well in there in advance because that one is that's a well-known race for being horrendous in the rain. Mm-hmm. What's your tea update, Amy? I do actually have tea today. I know the last few times oh, I well haven't done. had any tea. I have a amazing tea from Bird and Blend. Again, if Bird and Blend want to drop in a cheeky sponsor, I'm not going to say no to that. Perhaps we should actually ask them. Just send them an email. Yeah, they're very nice there. They're very lovely people. They always send me. I always order a lot of tea from them all at once. So I always do like quite a big order with them just to get my stockpiles in. And they always send me a nice handwritten note. You oh, know, lovely. just a little personal touch. No, say thanks for your order and I got a nice free tea caddy this does sound like like a sponsor I promise we're not sponsored by them um anyway I'm drinking bonfire toffee which is a lovely black tea it's quite smoky as you might expect quite a smoky taste um and a bit of sweetness as well like a bit of um I'm not sure what it is it might be like caramel or something in there as well for the toffee bit so it's very nice that's lovely I'm, I've just got some normal standard Welsh brew in my running is bs mug which is lovely uh, on brand very nice Loving the branded mug. And I've got my branded t-shirt as well now. That is also very lovely. And where can you get that branded mug from? On Spreadshirt. It'll be in the show notes. And we'll stick it on Facebook and Twitter as well. There you go. Call for action. Promoting our merch. Done. Let's finish the podcast right, tick, there. Tick, tick, tick. Uh, no, Amy, we need to talk about bullshit. We can't just talk about all the fun things about people being injured by wind and, and tea. Um, how terrible has your running been? I've been running. I have been what? running. I haven't been running much this week because things have been insanely busy, like in my life, just real life crap. God, you real life, life is bullshit. But I have been running fairly consistently and I've seen lots of likes on Strava, which I think are quite sarcastic likes, saying, well done, actually going out there. Some people have commented on my Instagram post with hashtag building up the mileage. I appreciate that. Nice. Appreciate that, uh, that sarcastic uh, backhanded compliment. Um, yeah, so I've actually been running. I, last weekend I did a lovely little trail run, uh, not a race or anything, just of my own accord, um, in Swinley Forest, which is near Reading. I was in that part of the, the country and it's lovely around there. It's just like loads and loads of trail. Insane hills. And I, I did that thing where I took a picture of it on Instagram and I put it on my Instagram story and the only picture from that run was this hill and me like, nope. But what really irritates me is when you take a picture of a big fuck-off hill, it never looks like a big fuck-off hill. Yeah, if you look at it, you could look at it different ways, and it could be downhill or it could be flat. It's just your yeah. brain can't quite register it because it hasn't, there isn't enough dimensions. I always think like when you get to the top of a hill as well, and you, ta- you know, the countryside is beautiful, you take a photo, and then you look at the photo, and it's just shit because it's just kind of grey and green and flat and really... I, mean, I just yeah, yeah, don't yeah. bother anymore. Yeah, and, and it, it's like... The elevation doesn't even look that impressive as well because there were only, I think there was like two fuck-off hills and they were just incredibly steep, like going upstairs, but only for a short amount of time. So when you look at the elevation, it's not that 
that mad. And you think, that really took it out of me. I wished I had, A, a decent picture to sort of show people my, my pain, but also could show off on Strava the elevation. I will say, though, my watch went a bit funny and went a bit mad with the elevation. So I did a run round Cardiff Bay um, the other week, and according to my watch, I think the elevation was about 800 foot. Nice. In three miles around Cardiff Bay. So if you see that on my Strava, that's not me trying to like cheat or anything. I don't know what was going on there. You weren't like scaling <laughs> buildings, just going straight over the top of them rather than around, yeah. you? Yeah. If, if anyone knows Cardiff Bay, as the name suggests, it's a bay. It's pretty much at sea level. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's my bullshit. I've also been going back to the gym and it's really hard when you haven't been to the gym for a while going back. It's awful. So yeah, that's it. Actually doing stuff. And getting on with things. Boom. I know it's not but like me. <laughs> What's your bullshit been then, Stuart? Uh, well, I have now joined the club and I've fallen on my arse during a run. Hooray! Mm. It's completely deserved. Um, did a long run the other week and we went up and over a really big hill. Uh, and on the way down, it was just uh, basically just mud on the way down. And because I can't resist running quick down the hill, I went for it. It's like, yeah, 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 I'm just going to enjoy it. And I hit a grassy bit. Didn't see the kind of the slippery mud. Uh, feet went out from under me, slapped on my back, and uh, slid about six, seven feet down the hill as well on this mud. And I, before I'd even stopped sliding, I was laughing to myself. And the first thing I did, I kind of rolled over, looked up, and the people I was running with, I was running with SBC and Paul Cole, and they weren't even over the crest of the hill to see it. And I was really disappointed. There's the, the thing I was most disappointed about was the fact they didn't even see it, because it would have been hilarious. Oh, I can see you've put a picture in the show notes. That's yeah. pretty spectacular. Yeah, I think that'll be on the cover of the uh, this episode as well. And yeah, it, it's pretty good. There's mud all up my back, all on my arms. And obviously lots of people are making the, oh, look like you pooed yourself joke, which is, you know, you kind of have to if you've got brown on you. But frankly, the brown is too light brown. And uh, it's starts on my arse and goes up my back. And I don't know how people are pooing if that's, if that's how they're doing it. <laughs> Those sort of falls as well are usually okay because it's so muddy you don't hurt yourself it sort yeah. of cushions you a bit like i've done trail runs before where it's taken my feet straight from underneath me and i've fallen on my side but it hasn't hurt because it it's just been so muddy yeah i didn't think this hurt until i was at the gym a few days later and i'd kind of thought to myself my neck hurt a bit and i was just at the gym doing some stuff and i was just complaining about my neck and sbc just said oh it's because you fell over and i laughed and we're like Oh, well, actually, no, it probably is, because I landed mm. square on my back, probably whipped my head back a bit. So, fuck it, yeah, that's me mm. done in the gym, and then I skipped Thursday as well. So that was that was a great excuse. Got whiplash. Got, yeah, absolutely. But there's blame, there's a claim. Just mm, uh... Yeah, but that's myself, <laughs> so probably not. Yeah. Um, I had my, because of the storm today, I did my long run yesterday. Hated it, just really, really hated it. I got someone to give me a lift to park run, ran home. I ran a really stupid way home as well, because I thought I'd go along... Uh, one path and it's it's a really nice path but it's next to a dual carriageway which is awful and then instead of just carrying on up the path I went through the woods and the woods has got like four inch mud all the way through it so I had to kind of tiptoe my way through because I still had a few miles after that I didn't want soaking wet feet so I had to tiptoe through all that all this fucking sticky nasty mud so I was soaking wet and then I, after that, there was a big hill to go over as well. And I was like, why? Why did I choose that way home? I chose basically the worst way I could go home. So I'm pretty miserable. Uh, and this week was supposed to be my easy week after I've had about eight weeks. I've been quite impressed with myself, actually, if I do say so. Um, I've built up like eight weeks solid progression. I thought, right, I need one just to drop down. But I only dropped down about 10K, which is probably not quite enough because I'm still pretty tired. So, um, you know, the planning is going pretty well. Obviously, I'm still injured, but that's just that's just normal. That's fine. That's just how things yeah. work now. 
That, that's what I would say. That my week's been my drop down week, even though I've only had one week of consistent running. This week's been my <laughs> drop back down. Don't want to go too crazy. I was thinking of going for a run later, though, in the storm, because I was supposed to run yesterday and it didn't work out and all this. So I thought, you know what? I'll go for a run today. And for some reason, when the weather's awful, it sort of spurs me on a bit more to go out for a run. I, sort of, I just want to punish myself. I don't know why. I'd probably talk to talk to a therapist about that, but <laughs> yeah, running in really strong wind is quite fun, though. Like if it's soaking wet, yeah. it's a bit shit. But when it's really windy as well, it's quite funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I am thinking maybe either t- this evening or first thing tomorrow morning because it's also supposed to be awful tomorrow morning. So I think it's supposed to be a bit windier tomorrow. So maybe. <laughs> Good idea. So uh, let's catch up on the last episode. Yes, so Rachel Bentley said, just to let you know, I'm absolutely fine regarding running in a field with a bull. So Rachel Bentley sent us this, she just sent us a picture as well, didn't she? Of her next, was that Rachel? Yeah, Yeah. next to a sign about a bull, Uh, but nothing else. So we were a bit concerned that um, whether she made it out alive or not. Uh, She says, I survived to run another day, 14 miles today, no bulls, but lots of mud, proper cross country, no tarmac in sight. Um, Don't think that's proper cross country then, if there's not a little tarmac path going around a field, Rachel, I think you're mistaken there. We've also had loads of great feedback about Maud and the Run Equal campaign, she was our guest last time, Uh, and you know, the fight very much continues. Uh, Danny Norman posted a great thread about this on Twitter and he really brought in the trolls and that was fun to see. I'm glad to kind of he attracted them all rather than us. <laughs> My favourite response was, have you spoke to any women who run the races? The majority don't care, lol. The men are more bothered with the equality than the women. Fucking hell. Oh, I love that. I love that sentence. Men are more bothered with the equality than the women. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love it. That that's an amazing. I want that printed on a t-shirt. <laughs> I love. Have you spoke to any women who run the races? The majority don't care. Oh, so so they've spoken to the women, have they? They've spoken to the majority of, them, yeah. of women. I, I love how people do that. Oh, well, why don't you speak to some people? Because no one cares. Like, oh, so you've spoken to people, have you? Fuck off. Yeah. What's your sample size? Who were they? <laughs> you know. Well, what's the majority here? <laughs> And after all that, um, we then spotted another tweet from Maud. Uh, have you heard of the Armar 5K? No. It's a it's a race in Northern Ireland that, for whatever reason, I don't quite understand, is like it's really massive. It's a really fast race. It gets loads of really good runners there. There's a guy from Cardiff who used to work in the shop where our club is and is a really good runner. I think he's run for Great Britain. But he's gone there a few times and he's won it, I think, or he's placed really well. No, it's the Armar 5K. It's what it's called. The women run 3K. The men have a choice. They can run 3K or 5K. The women can only run 3K in the Armar 5K. I'm like, fucking hell. I don't understand why people are putting up with this in 2020. I don't yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand why. Because when women weren't allowed to run the marathon, women ran the marathon anyway. You know, those women that dressed up as men or whatever. And Why has nothing been done? Why hasn't there been some sort of mass protest and... Of, of women just running the 5k route i don't understand maybe there has been maybe i just don't know because they're not in the official results but i don't understand why people aren't only just like speaking out about this because people are speaking out about it but why aren't people like just doing it anyway and like protesting at the runs themselves in the sense of women just running the 5k do you see what i mean like i don't understand yeah someone at the cross country did recently it was um one of the i think she was a women's running magazine journalist or just kind of someone that writes mm. for them uh, and she ran the men's race. They were actually mm. told. That was the thing. Yeah. They actually said in advance, or the referee said to them afterwards, if any women run in the men's race, they will disqualify the men's team from that club. 
that was the advice the referee was given, but he didn't That's actually awful. do it, which is kind of good of yeah, him. Because yeah, yeah. that was like the official thing, but he kind of disregarded that, which is great. Oh. But they were planning for that. They were planning yeah, to punish clubs planning. in advance. Yeah, so we're going to punish the men. Oh, you know what? If I was a top level athlete that could run in these sort of races and actually make an impact, I'd have to run the 5K. I don't think I could run 3K. I'd be so pissed off with the whole system. Yeah. I'd like, well, disqualify. I suppose it's easier said than done if that's, you know, what their career relies on. Then I suppose sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah, this Armour one is a really big one. And if it was called like the Armour mm. Run Series or something, it would almost make more sense. But it's called the Armour 5K. It's armour5k.com. Mm. It's armour 5 k on Twitter. I mean, it's just it's just mind blowing. That's probably sort of Danny again. He's going to get a lot more trolls in again. Sorry. <laughs> Matt Barton on Twitter at Matt Barton underscore. Hello, I'm not a doctor, but in response to chip bones in the last pod, mm-hmm. I have a chipped elbow bone, the very tip from falling down the stairs at home. That's making me wince just reading oh, that. Elbows That's are bad. Awful. Yeah. That must have been incredibly painful. Like. Like banging your funny bone times 10 or something. Um, And what they do is not a thing. At least in my case, I'm left with a detached lump of bone. I mean, it's a fun party trick. Lovely. Yeah. Nice. I mean, maybe the bit of bone will eventually... Well, no, that's a stupid thing. So I was going to say, like, disappear over time. But then... (laughs) Where would it go? to all your bone. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how the body works. I'm I'm not a medical doctor. Well, I don't know. I'm assuming like the bones that are attached to things and, and there for a reason have like certain things like like rebe- rebuilding their cells and keeping them healthy. But a detached bit of bone, wouldn't that eventually disintegrate or something? I don't know. If you are a natural doctor, get in contact with us and let us know what will happen to that bit of bone. You're a doctor. You're supposed to know these things. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed that lecture. <laughs> Uh, we also had bones. yeah we also had loads of great um, feedback on Finley and above. We had good fun posting that the other week of of you yeah. getting all your fingers and toes bitten while you tried to stick him in the buff. Yeah, he didn't he didn't like it. <laughs> he was okay once it was on, but anything that involves trying to put anything on him or touching him in any way, he doesn't like. So. <laughs> oh, what a friendly dog! <laughs> I know he's lovely. He's he's just a pain in the ass. He's just he just wants to bite everything, which is usually my hand. So yeah, I did it for the fans. I did it for the people, the bullshitters. I have lots of scars on my hands, but at least they got to see him in the buffs. So. Excellent. That's the main thing. And also on Facebook this week, I posted up a video that just occurred to me that I had from about four years ago, the Rock and Roll Liverpool kind of weekend. And kind of the context of this is, on the Saturday, I ran a 5K and I ran like pretty fast for me. It was a really good, um, tough effort, quite warm. Next day, run a half marathon. Uh, I was helping a friend pace two hours, but it was really hard because it was like 28 degrees. And also, I decided to run the whole thing with a GoPro, but GoPro on a stick, which if you've ever run for two hours, holding a fucking selfie stick is a really stupid idea. I got a lovely video, but it was a ball ache. After that, uh, there was a mile race, but I'd left my mile number back in the hotel. So I had to run walk back to the hotel about a mile to get my number and then back and then do the mile race. And it just occurred to me it's very relevant because um, what I got sounded like this. Ow. Running is crap. I can't say running is bullshit. There are children. <laughs> 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 
Running is bullshit, running is bullshit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Should be the new theme tune for the podcast. <laughs> it could be, yeah. Ah, running is bullshit. Ah. Ah. So there, there was just a little early edition of uh, running is bullshit there before I even thought of a podcast. It's always been there, the unofficial club <laughs> motto for many, many years. Onto Twitter, B Roberts at BB Roberto underscore. It says, Constant spitting and snorting snots out of nostrils in races has bugged me today. Unhappy face. Hashtag bullshit nice yeah are you a snot rocketer no because i don't think i could do it i think i just end up i'm a and this is you can't do this in summer races i'm the blow my nose i think we had this conversation before i blow my nose on my sleeve oh god yeah oh and then i roll my sleeve up again so um but you can't do that in summer races but usually i don't need to do that in summer races so it's you know in the winter you got your sleeves blow your nose roll it back up it's all right in a dire situation blow it on the t-shirt if you've used both sleeves you know use the t-shirt i mean i already think so little of you i can't i can't get into this again (laughs) anything's anything's a tissue when you're running fucking hell if someone running in front of you with long hair well you crack on anything's a tissue yeah disgusting um fiona wall and that fee underscore fee underscore fong she says extortionate booking fees for online race injuries are bullshit and she's forwarded us um an image here from the it's like a series of races in blenheim uh there's a one mile race for under 15s which is a tenner and well there's a another couple of entries there but the fees come to eight pounds 28 but i think it's because they've used eventbrite and i think Mm. a lot of people are using eventbrite for things recently but eventbrite is not good for running because it's not the point of it it's supposed to be just like a ticket for an event and it doesn't get all the information that you need for a running event and also what annoyed me about this as well is there is a Blenheim 7K for £18, and there is a Blenheim 4 Miles for wheelchair entries, uh, which is also £18. But there's, So there's a 7K and a 4 Mile, which are basically the same, but not quite the same. Why mm. are they using different measurements? So she said as well, the 4 Mile and 7K race will start and finish from the same point at the request of our timers. This means the 4 Mile and 7K routes will not be the exact distances, but a bit further. What, a bit further than four miles or a bit further than 7K? What, why are you mixing these up? And why, if it's the same start and finish, what, I what I don't understand it. Why aren't they letting the wheelchair uh, racers go earlier like every other race does? Just let them know. go earlier in, a, in an early wave and then 15 minutes later or whatever, then you set off everyone No, else. I think they are racing separately with the same start and finish point. It's just that one is measured at four miles and one is measured at 7K. And it's... Oh, I blowing see. my tiny right. head. Oh, I don't, I don't understand that. It's just, it's weird. It's really weird. But yeah, that's the problem with Eventbrite because you can add the fees on separately. There's always going to be fees in there. Mm. But I think I'm pretty sure on Eventbrite you can either hide the fees and kind of incorporate it into the cost, or you can show it's mm. extra. And I think just put it into the cost so people don't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, or else you think, what am I paying for? <laughs> yeah, if you pay extra fees, it just seems a bit shitty um, to see it mm. there as an extra. I think if it's just in with the cost of the thing, people won't notice it. But yeah, don't use Eventbrite for race stuff. It's not. It doesn't. I was going to say, yeah, I've never actually used Eventbrite for anything you actually have to pay for. Like everything I've used Eventbrite for has been free tickets for stuff. So there's also a fantastic Facebook running post doing the rounds because you know those those posts you see on Facebook about running are always really insightful and um, interesting. Yeah, you can. And tell. you don't roll your eyes at them or anything. You know, you, you really pay attention to them. Um, so this is a sign, and it's from the Running Bible. A uh, little watermark in the corner. So let's give them a bit of uh, credit for their image. I mean, it's almost certain they didn't come up with this image or post it first. No, no, no. no. Let's just. So that. it's a, um, it's a like a, a picture in a shop with um, sports bras. And the text next to it says, the average female runner's breasts travel a staggering 3.77 miles in bounce when running the marathon. Yeah, I had a few questions about this. First of all, I'm not sure if it's a real sign because it's horribly pixelated, mm. but I'm not sure if that's just been mm. saved and and transposed yeah. a number of times. Secondly, what does that mean? They've, they bounce 3.7 miles? Who's measured that? Who got the funding for that? Um, surely it depends on the size of your breasts. Surely it depends on your running gait. Again, citation needed for this. I need to yeah. see the research. That maybe that's an average. So they took like a hundred women with all different, you know, different breast size and different gaits, and they measured them. And on average, it was three point seven seven miles. But then, what do you do with that information? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, was, again, was was that because they were wearing? You know, that could be perhaps if you're not wearing a sports bra, perhaps it's eight miles. Perhaps they were wearing sports bras, but I don't know. But it just, I don't know. I, I assume that means you need to buy a sports bra, but it doesn't say that still. So no. I, I don't know what it's trying to. say. It's just a really. If it's a real sign, it's a shit one. Also, it says the marathon, which always kind of concerns me. That's a non-runner because it's like the yeah. marathon suggests there's only one. Yeah. <laughs> when you're running the breast bouncing marathon that everyone <laughs> knows about, where you get a separate medal if you've done 5K and bounce. Did you? Where is that exactly? <laughs> Sorry, I did, what? It's it's an undisclosed location. Oh, okay. It's a secret. Well, if anyone finds out let me know um and we had a good post here as well fantastic initiative from a race here the swansea half offering a no frills entry which has got a 13 pound discount for those who don't want a medal or a t-shirt which is genius yeah i mean i've spoken about swansea half on this podcast before because i've only run it once a good few years ago now but it was really really good and actually i would pay for the standard entry with the extras because the t-shirt was really good and actually the goodie bag was fantastic for you know for the amount you pay i thought it was a really really good goodie bag there was no shit in there it was like a nice mixture of food and like some anti-inflammatory tablets and stuff like that St- relevant stuff for was, running was there a leaflet for a local garage there wasn't really? it was all relevant wow. stuff i mean i think this was three years ago and it's maybe it's changed but at the same time, it's fantastic that for people who aren't bothered about um, a medal and a t-shirt and all that sort of thing, then they can just run the race. Because I suppose if you're a serious half marathon or whatever, then you just want to get your time or you're fed up of getting t-shirts, then that's a really good option. Yeah, it was about 41 quid for this standard entry, uh, unaffiliated, mm-hmm. which is fairly expensive. But for 28 quid, yeah. no medal and t-shirt. I and mean, also, as someone else mentioned on Twitter, the medal and t-shirt doesn't cost them £13. So in a way, that's possibly mm. cutting into their profit margin a little bit as well. I'm not sure if that's mm. how much that is, but 
that seems like just like a great idea because again the Swansea half it's not a really small one it's you know it's, it's a fairly large yeah. half marathon so for them to offer something like this is fantastic and we definitely want yeah. to know about other races that offer this kind of thing to cut down on some of this waste and it shows that it, it's a big race that's actually listening to what people want because people do talk about that a fair bit saying mm-hmm. oh it'd be great to have these big city um half marathon marathons where you pay a bit less you know to to not get those things so they're actually, it seems like they're actually listening as well which is good not just trying to make money <laughs> absolutely uh, we've got a little bit more audio we've been sent audio from a listener so let's have a listen oh. to what len martin wants to say dear running is bullshit okay first off len if you send this type of file to anyone else you're going to get in trouble don't breathe heavily at people without warning them okay sorry carry on litter bugs are bullshit and i'm gonna put it out there and say that i have profiled your average litter bug based on what i've seen today in fact on most runs there are sugary drink drinking or energy drink drinking or fast food eating disposable coffee cup drinking individual unless of course you know tree hugging vegan connect with nature types are still littering but their wrappings wrapped in like a banana leaf or something hashtag hills are not bullshit they're just hard uh, this is Len Martin a two eight zero one five nine, running around Oldscombe and Colin Game. Bye. So there we go, Amy. Litterbugs. <laughs> um, I think we fully agree with Len, don't we? Oh, yeah, and uh, fantastic, Len. Do you want to come in and do, take over from me on the podcast? <laughs> you mean in just a minute? You did a way better job than I've done in the last years. So. I mean, already he's done more prep than you have. He has, he has actually. I was really impressed. Well, I'm impressed by a, a minimal amount of prep. So yeah, well done, man. I mean, it, it is something that I have thought before when I've seen litter and I kind of, I've tr- tried not to be kind of a, a dick about it. But the when you see the litter that is generally around, it's all shit food. And I think there's just obviously a big link there between people that don't give a shit about the environment and the world that we have to live in. And they don't really give a shit about themselves and what they put in themselves. There's kind of obviously, uh, yeah, there's a correlation there between people who just disrespect the world and themselves and they just don't really care. I get especially annoyed when I see a an energy gel, like a runner's yeah. energy gel litter on the floor. Because I'm thinking, come on, guys, come on. Like, you know, it's not a race or anything. And you see like an energy gel packet on the floor. I'm thinking, this is in London Marathon. Why are you dropping your litter on the yeah. floor? But gives all of us a bad name you know it's obvious who's dropped it and if it's nice somewhere out in the countryside like you've chosen to run there because it's nice and so you're going to fuck it up for the person that comes running up behind you yeah i mean oh fucking hell don't do it (laughs) len will be on your on your case (laughs) len will be all over you so thank you very much for sending that uh len if anyone else has any thoughts they want to share with us um as creepy as you want to make it frankly uh send them in we'll probably listen to them if they're good these are people that have donated $1 a month to our Patreon. It's only a small amount. Go ahead and do it. You know, these people have. It really helps the podcast. I'm not saying anything about them being cheapskates. It's fine. 
it's okay. They only think we're worth one dollar, but that's okay. And Finley in the background helps. agrees with you. I know. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. If you donate five dollars, I will shut the dog up while I read out your names. But seeing as you've only donated one dollar, um, you gotta have the Just dog. Read the names, Amy. Come afraid. on. <laughs> one dollar Patreons: Chris, Jonathan, Charlie, Angela, Harry, Ben, Steph, Matt C, Matt G, Matt J, Matt H. Francis, John, Moena, Rich, Liz, Simon. Boom. Thank you very much. And those that have donated $5 are even more wonderful people. We have the peaceful and fatherly Hugh Phillips, the all-powerful yet nonchalant Nikki Genders, the fortuitous and ineffable Jay, the mysteriously alluring Rob Smith, the gorgeous and gentle Kirk Shepherd, and the firm but fair Clark Gilmore. Thank you very much for giving us $5. You. you can support this podcast as well and buy a buff or a little bit of advertising for yourself or your event at patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit. It's that time. I, I mean, after last time, it's all just going to be a disappointment, isn't it? Whatever I do. Yeah. So, Bushy running news. There we go. I'm just getting it over with because nothing, I don't think anything can top. Yeah, I like the way you keep Even it really short. Even though I'm saying it myself, you know. Yeah. And it's more Chinese running news. We always love that. And we've talked about how much running is growing in China. It's now estimated 25 million people in China run regularly. And a little bit of coronavirus isn't going to stop that. The current hero of the new sport of running around your flat, which is something that's really taken off in China, is Pan Shanku from Hangzhou, who is a runner with a decent marathon time of 2.59. He ran around an 8-meter loop. And he had to do that loop 6,250 times to do a 50K in four hours and 48 minutes. Fucking hell, Pan. What is wrong with you? I do know somebody from our run club, um, when the weather was really bad, did like a 10K by just running on the spot. So, oh, Jesus Christ. Can you guess who it is? Do you know yeah, I know exactly who that is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so, you can say it's a 10k if you're on the spot, but okay, fine. I'm not <laughs> sure how he measured it either. I have, if it's been, the weather's been really bad, like too unsafe. I have like run up and down the stairs in my apartment complex just to get a bit of a workout in. But, but running around your flat 6,000 yeah. times. No, that's, that's madness, isn't it? How did he not go mad? He says, I have not been outside for many days. Today I cannot bear sitting down anymore. He said, let's run laps around the two massage tables in the room then. Yes, one lap is about eight metres. I ran 50k, did it in 4.48.44. Sweated all over, feels great. At least he's got the massage tables ready and waiting. Yeah. Why has he got two mas- massage tables? In his, well, why not? You never know. Flat. In case one breaks. <laughs> but what a fucking weirdo that is. So if you're looking for a cunty way to reply to a complaint for harassment, then we've got good news for you. Eleanor Bunbury emailed her gym after a random man insulted her and her friend's workout and then acted aggressively towards them. And the response started by saying that this man hadn't caused any complaints before and then said, it's an unfortunate situation where a guy was rude to you, but it could have happened anywhere. We are in a gym where testosterone levels are high, especially during workouts. This means that reactions to situations can be a bit extreme, especially for men. Yeah, that was an actual complaint from a member of staff. And actually, it was a, a female member of staff as well who was defending the. Well, he's never caused trouble, 
trouble before, as far as we know. And, you know, he's in a gym and he's pumped up. So, oh, what do you expect? Boys will be boys. Fucking hell. It, it makes me laugh because, you know, there's there's so much sexist rhetoric that says that women are hysterical and overreact to things. And that's not okay. But when a man is being aggressive then it's only the excuses, oh, but it's just his testosterone. It's because he's in the gym and it's his testosterone. Yeah. Well, she obviously then replied to that um, email again and made it a further complaint, in which case she got the proper response back of, that was not the right thing that a person should have said. We're looking into this. There will be training, blah, 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 blah. So obviously she's not going to be going back to that gym. But there's still, you know, I know people do get this kind of uh, shit in gyms and I don't think it should ever put anyone off complaining about it in fact there she said no he's never caused any complaints before well he may have caused problems before but people don't complain no especially if he's the way he's um gone about it was quite aggressive yeah um yeah because he acted aggressively towards them so if he's been the same way as other people they may feel quite threatened and rather than complain might just not go back to the gym yeah i think one of the things he said was um someone up there were doing some legs and I think they were using the squat rack and he's saying well he needs to use it in between their sets when they said well no because we're just doing it between us and he said well if you're laughing mm. and joking you're not doing legs properly I'm like oh fucking hell alright <laughs> alright bro calm down calm down mate lower your testosterone level let's take a chill feel <laughs> uh, well unfortunately we do have to finish on some sad bullshit running news Cactus mm. the very good boy who ran part of the Marathon de Sable last year has died in Morocco uh, organisers were planning for Cactus to return to the race this year, but photographer Ian Corliss posted on Instagram he hoped Cactus was running in the desert in the sky. Oh, I mean, it was perhaps the prospect of having to run that race again that finished him off. You know, he thought, you know what, forget this, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, he was actually hit by a car, but you know. You know oh, oh, really? Yeah, that's pretty tragic. I know. That's that's awful. Yeah, poor cactus. Oh, I'm sorry, cactus. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. He might have thrown himself in front of that car. For he was a very good boy. <laughs> he was a very good boy. <laughs> we do just have time for the bullshit headline of the week from our good friends at Runners World. The headline is: The coronavirus has landed in the US. Here's what runners should know. What? runners in particular this is what runners very specifically need to know i mean the rest of the population have got their own advice but runners oh specialist advice for them i did have to read this article because i couldn't believe the title i didn't even it's bother so <laughs> obviously clickbaity and you know hoping for those google hits as well when people are googling it um and basically it gives you exactly the same information as all these other articles do about coronavirus which is like how it spreads and and the statistics around how many people have died and all that sort of general stuff um and then it says that runners are less likely to become ill because they tend to be healthier which is true in of any virus in any situation uh but runners can also be susceptible to it because if they're overtraining which again is true of any virus or any illness it's not unique to coronavirus anyone who the, who like reads runners world will probably know these things that if you overtrain your immune system's compromised um but as a runner in general you tend to become ill less often so i don't it, it's so obviously like clickbaity yeah it's people insane. are searching for coronavirus let's get on that train yeah, and it, it makes you think, oh shit, is there something about, well not me, but if you had slightly fewer brain cells, you'd be thinking, oh shit, is there something about being a runner that means that 
coronavirus in particular is going to affect me. Like, no, it's the same with any virus, any illness. You're more likely to get it if you're overtraining. You're less likely in general. (laughs) Well, let's move on to something equally as bullshit and completely vital to all runners. Shoes. Yeah, I mean, the great thing about when people... Uh, first start running there's this idealistic idea that all you need is a pair of shoes and you can just go and we we know that's not the case like running is often presented as this really simplistic sport where you're like oh you just get some shoes and you just go but there's a whole industry around running shoes and it can be quite daunting when you first start running wondering what sort of shoes you should get um did you do that whole going to a shop and having your gait measured shoes when i started no i didn't know that was a thing i didn't really care i just went in and i saw which ones were on sale and i put them on and they kind of fitted oh yeah that'll do that's fine i've never actually tried on shoes before i bought them i've always bought my shoes online (laughs) i just hope for the best and i just happen to be lucky i do i'm quite lucky in the sense that my feet in general tend to fit well in shoes that sounds weird but most shoes i buy in my size they just work they don't rub i've never had blisters just it just works so it's i don't know i've got magic feet <laughs> are you buying the same shoes each time or are you buying different brands each no, time no i'm buying different i yeah Fucking i do hell. i do tend to stick with the same short sort of shoe for quite a while but i've gone through a few different brands so yeah i've never in all my time running i've never tried shoes on in a shop and bought them like i've always just gone online and thought this is the sort of shoe i want these like the specs i want from it and just ordered it and hope for the best and it's always worked out you're disgusting <laughs> Living life on the edge. <laughs> That's mad. That's mad. SBC bought three pairs of shoes the other day, just online. And I said, oh, have you tried these brand before? No, no, the new. It's like, what? I don't I don't understand yeah. how people can do that. Yeah, I'm on. I, I always think that if, well, for a start, the shoes I buy online aren't very expensive because I buy ones that are several um, models before the current one. Yeah. So I tend to get them for about between 30 and 40 quid. I don't tend to pay more than that for running shoes. You know, shoes that are worth like 100, some up to 170, I get for like 40 quid. Um, so I always think if they don't fit properly for running, I always buy shoes that I could wear in my day-to-day life. So I just think, oh, I'll just wear them when I'm out shopping or whatever, you know? So well, To be fair, you don't run yeah. that much in them anyway, so... <laughs> That's the other thing as well, is that, you know... As I've told, you know, like one of those people that talk about bygone days, but I did used to run fairly often. I used to run, on average, 100 miles a month, which I think for people who are really into their running, it's probably about an average, you know, 80, 100 miles a month. A lot of people are very capable of doing that. But I remember when I first bought, started buying running shoes, certain shoe companies, not naming any names, but <clears throat> Nike, would say things like, oh, you need to replace your shoes every 100 miles or every 200 miles. I've seen 100 miles. Um, I think 300 miles is the more um, frequent one I've seen. I think I usually see 500 or 1,000. I tend to just wear my shoes until I start getting, like, niggles in my feet and then I change them. Like, I think it depends on so many different factors. I mean, obviously, the, the material of the shoe eventually does break down. So it's going to start hurting you. But you normally get like small aches before that. Or you don't just get mm. injured straight away. You'll get like small aches that tell you that you need to change your shoes. I don't think you need to go by... Because I remember when I had first started running, I had the Nike um, running app. And you could log how many miles you've done in your shoes. So you could keep track of it. And when it hit like 100 or 200, it would tell you to buy new shoes. Yeah. Well, that's bizarre. the point of the Nike running app though, isn't it? To be fair. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why it's a free app, because it's telling you to buy things. 
yeah, I, I don't know anyone that monitors the, the mileage on their shoes and then says, right, time for new ones, I've hit this number. I think it's just you know when your shoes are not quite right anymore. You can feel it. <laughs> did, when you had your first shoes, did you, like, wear them for, like, three years until they were worn out completely? Because I did. Because I didn't know yeah, to change much. them. I just thought, oh, they're just trainers. They'll just, until they fall apart, they'll be fine. And then I realised, yeah. actually, yeah, they are compressing quite a lot. And then I got a new pair of shoes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, these are so bouncy and springy. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I do tend to, um, I buy really lightweight shoes. So the upper of the shoe tends to be really thin. So usually the upper goes before the bottom goes. So I'll probably get, I usually get about six months out of my shoes. That's, if I was running like I was running, that's 600 miles on average. And that's fine. And usually the upper starts to get holes in it at that point And then I replace them. I tend to buy um, quite minimalist shoes, not completely barefoot shoes. Um, but I don't tend to go for a lot of cushioning because I find that it doesn't work well with me. I tend to get knee pain if I have too much cushioning because mm. I think I'm not as aware of how I'm landing my foot. So I tend to go for like zero drop, low cushioning. Um, and in that sense, there's less to deteriorate, I guess. I yeah, know. you know, I still don't know shit about shoes. Like eight years in, I still don't really know what the different shoe types are and why you would wear them. And I just, I feel I probably should learn, but as soon as anyone starts talking about it, I just drift off because I just, I can't care. I think it's partly because I do do that thing where I just go online and buy stuff. So I research what sort of shoes do what beforehand. So I know a lot about it. So like the whole like minimalist movement, which was, it's, minimalism has like gone out of fashion now. So minimalist tends to be very low cushioning, but also anywhere between, I think it's two millimeter and zero drop. So drop is like mm. um, the height difference from the heel to the toe, I think uh, that's yeah, drop. Okay. But like zero drop will be pretty much flat, which is what I wear at the moment. Um, so it's meant to be in more natural footfall then, mm. and it's meant to give you better running form. My running form is still shit. But but I know that the movement now, the, the sort of fashion now is more towards maximalism. So very cushioned shoes. Oh yeah, we'll get onto that. With the idea. So like minimalism was the idea that we're born to run literally that was it was based on that book i've read that book so yeah. that we should we should run like barefoot mm. because it's it's very natural and if you run barefoot um you'll automatically go onto like the sort of the front of your foot rather mm-hmm. than the heel and then the maximalist stuff is saying that yeah sure it's because a lot of maximalists is sort of zero drop as well yeah sure like that's true but also we were born to run but we weren't born to run on tarmac and Mm. hard surfaces so you need cushioning so there's a lot of i don't know the trends seem to come in and out with the shoes but i think if you're the sort of person that just goes on and like tries on shoes in the shop and says oh yeah this feels good then i suppose you're less sort of thinking about that sort of thing yeah i just (laughs) know the last few pairs i've worn have been sorconi so i go into the shop i find the cheapest ones all ones on sale are try those on like yeah they're fine that'll do and I wore Sacconi, um Kinvara for years. They were a really good shoe. I really liked them. Um, it's only recently I've changed to Altra. And I, I've heard loads of good stuff about Altra. So Altra is zero drop, but there's a bit of cushioning in it. Mm-hmm. So you get like a, quite a nice natural. And there's a big toe box at the end. They kind of look like yeah. bowling shoes. They're really ugly. Um, there's a big toe box at the end. So your toes can like splay out more. Um, so they feel really good. But there's a bit of cushioning there, so when you're running on tarmac, it's not too harsh. But I will say, take because the the Sacconi Kinvara fit really snugly to your feet, which I quite like, because it feels quite light. And when I switched to Ultra, because I tend to just wear the same shoes all the time, I don't 
tend to rotate pairs out. Um, when I switched to Altra, I constantly tripped over in them because that toe box was just a bit mm. wider and it was quite a strange thing. But that's the other thing. I don't tend to switch between different brands. Like I have a couple of pairs of Altras now that I wear and that's it. I don't like wear Altra and then go to like Ciccone or, or New Balance or whatever. I tend to just have a brand that I like to wear. Yeah. I wonder if other people do what I do because I tend to have two, sometimes three pairs of shoes on the go and kind of rotate mm. them. Uh, for like you know different pair each time and i wonder if a lot of people have got the same where they've got their new pair of shoes which are actually now two or three Mm. years old and almost like threadbare at the bottom bits of sole hanging off but in your head they're still your new pair yeah yeah, i'm always doing that you see i've never got into the habit of that just because when i first started running i was a student so i could only afford like one pair of shoes at a time so i've never got into the habit of wearing like like at the moment i have got two but i do tend to just wear the same shoes because like, they're the shoes I know, so I just wear them until they wear out, and then I buy some new ones. So I've got a pair of road shoes and a pair of trail shoes, and they're the ones I wear. And that's it. I don't tend to rotate my trail sho- uh, my road shoes around. I should do, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, Amy, if you are thinking of buying a new pair of shoes, then it's just got a little bit more complex. And one of the main things we want to talk about this week is the good old Nike shoes. I also, we're saying Nike and Nike kind of interchangeably here. I kind of, I yeah. don't care which one is right and it's just how I feel at the time. Yeah, I, I tend I to say both. Like, it doesn't yeah. really matter. <laughs> so there's been a whole thing this week and it's basically World Athletics, which is the new name for the IAAF, um, they've finally made a decision on these shoes and they've been around for four years now and they've only just, with the Olympics like a f- six months off, they've just actually made a decision. So they've said... Any shoe used in competition must have been available on the open market for four months before the competition, which means no more prototypes, which means Alpha Flies are out. They are the ones that Kipchoge wore for his um, marathon, you know, fucking non-race. And also, um, oh shit, was it Bridget Koskai wore for her marathon record? Those are out from now on. And there's also an immediate indefinite ban on any shoe with a sole thicker than 40 millimetres, as well as any shoe with more than one, and they say, rigid embedded plate or blade. So that means uh, vapour flies are still legal. Um, And also it means there's going to be a shitload of shoes rushed out. I think they have to be out by April the 1st for them to be available uh, to wear in the Olympics, which is kind of the big thing for this year. Obviously, lots of marathons as well. So there's going to be a lot of people rushing shoes out in the next few months just to try and take advantage of those uh, new rules. So we've said there the soles can now be no thicker than 40 millimetres. And was it an interesting coincidence that a few days after this announcement, Nike came out with their new Vaporflies, uh, which have a 39.5 millimetre sole? What an odd coincidence. (laughs) It is so coincidental. I bet Nike yeah. thought, oh, what a, what a piece of luck that is. <laughs> I mean, There's some guy in the factory, like, shaving, like, 0.5 millimetres off all of them. <laughs> it's just, it's completely mad that it just, it's so hard to see it, to see World Athletics not in the pocket of Nike, because they've spent so long. They could have wrapped this up three years ago. They could have said, okay, look, we can see these shoes are giving a big, big advantage. Anyone who's wearing them is literally getting a 4 or 5%. I think some people up to 8 or 9%, depending on your physiology, are getting this advantage just from these shoes. Now, it seems likely that other shoes are going to catch up. Other brands are going to catch up because what Nike are doing isn't a secret because as soon as they're out, people are chopping them in half and seeing what they're doing and other places are going to copy that. But... 
the thing is before and it, you know when i first heard about them i think with a lot of other people did that thing of they're putting springs in the shoes it's cheating it's obviously cheating they've got great big springs mm-hmm. it's bouncing people forward but uh, there was a really interesting article i read the other day about it and actually all of the stuff that's going into the shoe that's controversial has all been there before so the carbon plate uh, the the midsole foam and the really thick soles have all been there before um there's been world records set in them highly gabri selassie has worn them for world records back you know 20 25 years these things have happened but nike has just pulled it all together in kind of a perfect way and it's just i know again people have said look technology is going to happen as long as people aren't putting wheels on them it's fine but this is mm-hmm. such a jump forward it does seem completely ludicrous that in in one pair of shoes there's like a generational change and if you don't wear them you're at a massive disadvantage now obviously with any kind of regulation and you know it's pretty obvious world athletics have been slow on this but there has to be an arbitrary line somewhere you have to be able to say this you know this technology is going to improve these shoes but only up to this point like already in high jump i think the um height of the high jump shoe can only be 13 millimeters because there was someone before that regulation started taking the piss and adding on these massive soles to give them more <laughs> Until you just step over them <laughs> yeah i mean obviously you have to draw a line somewhere they decided yeah. 13 millimeters i think for running shoes as far as i know there hasn't really ever been any regulation which is why people can get away with wearing prototypes oh no i think there was something about they have to be commercially available but they've never actually enforced that so people have been wearing these bizarre prototypes and so you know as i said there has to be a line somewhere and i think i think they've done it wrong i think 40 millimeters still seems far too high that's a lot of room Mm. you know a good inch and a half to put things in put plates in put foam in and you know in the future they're going to keep iterating these and they're going to keep changing them 40 millimeters is a lot of room to put stuff into Mm. i mean that's uh, 40 millimeters that's an inch and a half that's an inch and a half every stride is longer by that far plus it's giving like mm. the little airpod bounce so your strides mm. are getting bigger it's you're using less oxygen i don't know um i'm really not an expert i've just read a few articles on this but i'm i'm kind of at the stage now where basically we're stuck with them there's nothing we can do about it because with the olympics around the corner loads of people have qualified with the shoes and if you banned them retroactively a lot of people would miss out on the olympics because they haven't got time to qualify mm. If you banned them going forward, people would be at a disadvantage because they couldn't qualify with those shoes. And it's just, it's basically a mess. Uh, hopefully, after the Olympics, World Athletics is going to look at this properly. Hopefully, regulate it a bit more and even up the playing field a bit. It's funny because, you know, there's so much emphasis on performance enhancing drugs. Mm. And, you know, the, the the advantage, the percentage advantage that that gives athletes and making sure they're tested and um, at random intervals and all this. Yet something that could give an athlete a potential 8% advantage, which obviously is if you're competing at a level of the Olympics, mm. is the difference between a gold and nothing. Um, it just seems insane that no one's looking, you know, that this isn't getting more attention and under more scrutiny than um, performance-enhancing drugs are. Yeah, but when there's four years of nothing and then they come out with a rule that perfectly fits in with the uh, the biggest company's shoe, they, it looks a bit suspect. Mm-hmm. And one of the interesting things I liked from this when I was reading up about it was some of the comparisons with other sports and how technology has changed them and the way they dealt with it. Like back in 1998, 
the Dutch speed skating team. They came up with a new type of skate, which actually wasn't new. It was it'd been around for about a hundred years, but it started being used in competition. Like it uh, had a hinge on it, so between the foot and the blade. And they won like half the gold medals. They smashed loads of world records mm. uh, in this Olympics. But everyone then started using them and everyone caught up. And now it's an even playing field again. So that was an example mm. of one team had something new and then everyone else caught up and it was kind of okay. And then it was kind of regulated to say how that would work in the future. Because I'm assuming in track cycling as well in the velodrome that must be really regulated in terms of the sort of bikes you can have and equipment they all look very similar when they're Mm. cycling round so i don't know whether yeah the bike tech is crazy i mean even at one point i was reading um that book in jewel by alex hutchinson and he was saying because there was like one of the big things in cycling is the hour record on the track and so Mm. at one point because bike tech advanced so quickly they said anyone doing an hour record has to use a bike from like 1964 or using the equivalent technology Mm. from that so for like 30 years so track cycling yeah the olympics were having these incredible carbon fiber bikes everyone doing the hour record which was like the big highlight thing for them people were using like these steel bikes from the 60s and it was just Mm. because they were so desperate to keep it pure so they've Mm. had to kind of relax that now because that was obviously insane the big one everyone talks about is the swimsuits in 2008 and 9, where Speedo came up with this incredible new material that was super buoyant, super smooth. And in 2008 and 9, every record was broken, basically. Like over 130 records or something went in swimming. Um, those were banned after that. The records were wiped out and the suits became better regulated. They actually introduced proper regulation pretty quickly to make sure everyone was on an even playing field again. Because that was just a free-for-all. Once this technology came out, everyone was just making these suits and everyone was getting quicker. Interestingly, though, since then, in the 10 years since, something like half of those records have now actually been beaten by swimmers um, okay. just by improving their performance. Uh, I think yeah, the suits yeah, have yeah. become a bit more simple, but obviously they're improving. But swimmers are actually getting so much better that a lot of those records have actually gone as well. Uh, one more as well is golf. And apparently, like, drivers now... They started making them so big, like classic courses around the world, like such as St. Andrews, which is really famous. It started to become too short. Like people could just drive so much further. They were having to put the tee like back in the woods, in the rough somewhere, because people would just come and turn up with these massive drivers, smashing the balls down the fairway. And so they had to regulate those again. And now there's a certain a certain volume to the driver head that has to be. But again, it's just an example of got too far and they had to regulate it but i think all of these cases they did it quicker than world athletics they've been so slow and i still wonder what's going to happen this year but that was an interesting one the other day this lad kind of came from nowhere and set a 10k world record of 26 24 for a 10k but he was wearing fairly standard adidas shoes so that's kind of interesting as well yeah people are getting better but just as a side note here people running 26 minute park runs not only is there now that thing of there's someone running 5k twice as fast as me there's also people running 10k twice as fast as you i mean that's just 26 24 for a 10k is disgusting terrible shouldn't be allowed it shouldn't be allowed um so that's (laughs) kind of as much as i have to say (laughs) about nike shoes i said i'm not i've read a few articles about it and i'm kind of at the point now where Eh, we're stuck with them it's it's too late i don't know what we can do to help the situation now one of the great things about running is that i was you know i was joking before about oh everyone says it's a really simple sport but 
what kind of similar to swimming in a way is that you're using your body to propel yourself forward and there's something like quite attractive to people about that in that it's just you there it's not a bike it's not anything else it's not whatever it's just you propelling yourself forward and I think if if these shoes get too insane then the joy of watching that will disappear because what's the point if it's just been manufactured what's interesting about that yeah technology is always going to improve but it's you know it's like point one of a percent it's it's little improvements all the way along and over the years Mm. and they that improves at the same rate as athletes improve it's not like formula one where the car makes a lot more difference than the driver i think um and well so yeah know, apparently in formula yeah. I, again i don't know much about formula one but apparently whatever um whatever company has the most money it's their car who will win because yeah, they can afford much. the best parts and it, it's down to that but you don't want that crossing out which you can understand because the nature of formula one you know um but you don't want that crossing over into like running where you know these big corporations they can afford to develop all this technology therefore their athletes win that's bo- that's boring that's dull because you can watch a race then and think well they're going to win because they're sponsored by Nike and they've got these shoes on like you know. yeah so we had lots of good replies on our Facebook post about this. Uh, Ian Edwards and Adrian Luscombe both pointing out what a dodgy company Nike are. And absolutely. Mm-hmm. Stuart Brandwood saying, the fact that literally every athlete making the podium at a major is wearing these shoes tells us either the shoes give an advantage or Nike are becoming a monopoly. Either way, it's bad for the sport, but brilliant marketing. Because mm-hmm. no one's talking about Salazar anymore, are they? Nope. <laughs> Salazar who? <laughs> exactly. It's really put me off Nike as a company. I think they are just really they are getting really bad yeah i mean they were dodgy anyway but it's yeah dodgy even dodgier and i love how their shoes are always in those like really fluorescent colors when they're in the olympics and stuff so you can definitely make sure you can see yeah um get get around those olympic branding rules you know (laughs) claire sweet and miller pointing out everyone else is making these types of shoes and nike have too much influence over the rules yep absolutely as we said David Brown uh, is mostly outraged by the price and durability, which kind of suggests to me that he just can't afford them. He really wants them and he's desperate for them, but he can't afford them. So he's complaining (laughs) about the price. Uh, Of course, Hugh Phillips is saying they're just as good value as his Disney races. But to be fair, uh, Hugh has these um, next 4% ones. And for him, it's absolutely worth it because he's old and shit. Like that's worth about 25, 30 minutes to him in a marathon. So that's kind of worthwhile. I think that's a decent investment. (laughs) and just in the last few days have you seen the announcement amy the viper flies for sprinting and this middle distance shoes as well and they look just as fucking stupid they're kind of the black with the bright green on them the sprinting shoes are currently illegal because they've got too many plates um but they're changing those and they will get them to be precisely within the rules which they've probably told world athletics what the rules should be so nike are just having new shoes for every sport now and they're all going to be fucking stupid oh god yeah, I'm looking them up now. The the ones with the the spikes, the yeah. bike flies with the the sprinting spikes. That they, they are. You look like a real prick in those. They're awful. Yeah. But that's um, the problem. I've heard people saying like, "Oh, but wouldn't it be great for someone to attack Usain Bolt's hundred meter world record with these on?" I'm like, "No, I want a runner why? to do that. I don't want a pair of shoes to do that." Yeah. Why? Why would that be interesting? Yeah, because of course mm-hmm. Usain Bolt was obviously wearing a decent pair of shoes to run these in. He wasn't just doing a pair of blimsoles. But no one were talking about the shoes because they progressed at the same rate as the athletes did. Yeah, <sighs> yeah there we go. Shoes, eh? Can't live with them, can't live without them. Yeah, I mean, thanks. Good cliche to finish on. <laughs> as usual. Um, 
what's up next then in the world of Stuart? Um, I've got a handicap 5k next week that our club does every year. That should be good fun. Are you coming along to that? No idea no, what's obviously. happening, so probably not, no. I will be coming back to club at some point, though. Yeah, I mean, are. I am building up my mileage. I was a bit nervous about coming straight back because I thought, what if I can't run the 5k and I get left behind and I never see anyone again? Uh, but now I know I can still run 5k. I will be coming back at some point. Well, that's lovely. I, well, you're moving next week, aren't you? So. Yeah, which is more difficult because I'd like to run to and from club and I'm going to be further away. So um, I definitely need to build up the mileage. So we'll be in the, hopefully next time, we may even be in the studio. The much mentioned, studio. much talked about studio. The whole reason why I bought this house was because it has a, well, it doesn't already have a studio. It will be a studio. That's the only reason. Wonderful. It's getting outfitted now by some experts, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. They were getting in, doing all the soundproofing, putting the uh, mixing desks in. And, putting know, the glass the uh, thing in for the producer and all that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's wonderful. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us in the next few weeks for the next episode, you can tweet us at runningisbs, Facebook runningisbullshit, or email runningisbull at gmail.com. If you want to send us an audio file, you want to email that to us as well. That was nice. We enjoyed that. Um, if you've got anything you think needs to be said, please let us know. Amy's wandered off. Amy's back. <gasps> Bye. <laughs> oh. He wants to say goodbye. You say goodbye. Yeah, I've just realised this. I'm, I'm looking at Finley on a video, and people listening in their ears can't see that. You okay? I've just woken him up. <laughs> Bye. That was that's his voice. Bye. Is that your voice? I don't think that would be your voice actually. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Anything's a tissue.